everyone. Welcome to the Roto Grinders Morning Grind Podcast. I'm your host, Stevie TPFL. It's Monday, it's September 14th. It's 2020, and we have seven baseball games to talk about here on today's slate. Well, seven on DraftKings and three games over there on Fandle's main slate. So gonna break these games down. Um, we have a couple double headers where we have some seven inning games. We'll talk about all that stuff as we're breaking them down. I'm joined by my good buddy Genie for 07. Grant, how are you doing, my friend? Well, I'm not doing too bad outside of got crushed in football, but you know what it happens occasionally week one. I've had like winning weeks, week one, several years in a row. This was bound to happen. Just barely missed the cash line on almost every single site, but we move on. Baseball, free money Monday. Yeah, I don't know. Is it free money Monday or is it get, or are we going to have to wait till Tuesday to get free money Tuesday? I don't know. Get free money on both. Yeah. Um I think Tuesday we'll see some 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 good uh, like I might play cash games on Tuesday. I haven't played cash games in baseball in forever, so um, yeah, it'd be interesting. I love seeing all the like Fanduel and DraftKings ads um, on you know during the games and stuff. So uh, we got a lot to talk about here, even on a seven game slate. There's a lot to get through, so let's jump right in. We start with the Phillies and the Marlins. Vincent Velasquez against Pablo Lopez. Um, any interest here in Velasquez? I mean, a little bit. Obviously, one thing we worry about with Velasquez is that he's going to give up some bombs, but uh, it's against the Marlins and it's in Miami. Obviously, that's a great pitcher's ballpark. He's priced at 6.3K. There's not a ton of value on this slate, so his. 26% K rate on the season going up against the Marlins who have a possibility of taking him out of the ballpark. Uh, I think it's just a good spot for him going up against the Marlins and he's got some definite upside. We look at every cheap pitcher and outside of one other one who comes with a huge amount of downside with how he's been pitching lately. Velasquez might be one of the best options on the entire slate on a point per dollar basis. Yeah, a lot of strikeout upside um, to lefties and righties through 90 pitches last time out. Um, I, I don't want to be, like, too skewed by, like, just looking at some of these Marlins numbers, uh, you know, especially for, like, this season. A lot of these guys are still under 100 at-bats. So, um, you know, they were one of the teams that dealt with, you know, the COVID outbreak. Um, so, you know, if you look at, like, 2019 numbers, um, there's a lot of strikeouts in this lineup. So, I think Vincent Velasquez uh, very much in play here. You know, you, you mentioned the ballpark and everything. 6,300 is fantastic price. Um, and then on the other side, Pablo Lopez. Pablo Lopez is a guy that, like, I like to play in Miami. Um, like, he's a guy that, you know, can pitch well. It's just the only problem against, like, Philly is they just they don't tepic, they don't typically, like, strike out a ton. Yeah, now looking at their K rate this season, 15% going up against righties. They haven't been great versus right-handed pitching, but I'm guessing they're going to regress a little bit more to their uh, two-year uh, numbers. But this projected lineup is a little bit watered down, which I think helps. I don't. I prefer Velasquez. Lopez is fine for his price tag at 7.2. He's pitched really well this season. It's obviously a good ballpark. But I don't see a ton of upside. We got a slate with three games. They're going to be seven inning games, which offers a whole lot more upside with these other guys because they can go seven full innings. And Lopez on the season hasn't broken over 90 pitches the entire time. So while he may have a good outing, he is coming off a bad one going up against Atlanta. Got really wild there. Six walks in the last two games. So I'm not going to argue against using him, but he's probably not going to make my list. Um. 
Yeah, I'm probably not going to make my list. I don't think I'll like, stack against him though either. Um, like I, I do respect like how well he's been pitching. Uh, is there any of these Philly bats that you like here? I mean, Harper is always in play, but he's a little bit expensive there. Um, don't know if Hoskins is going to be in the lineup. Don't know if Real Muto is going to be in the lineup. I believe they're both questionable. But it, it's just a spot in Miami that's not really worth going with. Uh, this lineup's a little bit watered down and could be really watered down. It might offer you a little bit of value if you really need it. Um, but it, it's just – sorry, one of my friends just texted me. He got mixing for Zach Moss in season <laughs> one. Some people overreact so much. Uh, yeah, but it, it's, it's just not really a spot that you're going to get a ton of fantasy upside. So outside of Harper maybe as a one-off or just finding some of these value bats, whoever ends up in the lineup, staying away from this game probably entirely from the hitter's perspective. Yeah, like I don't ever hate playing Bryce Harper, but, you know, him or Didi. But overall, I don't have a ton of interest in these bats. Like you're still paying 5700 for Harper. Um, Real Muto and Hoskins could potentially still be out of the lineup here. So, like, you know, kind of rules out like the stack, um, you know, overall. So, yeah, I probably won't end up here. Is there any of these Miami bats that you don't mind taking? I mean, any of the guys with power, um, Aguilar, not a bad decision. Dickerson, not a bad decision. Even Anderson or Cooper, like I know that Velasquez has got a lot of Ks against righty so far this season, but he is an extreme fly ball pitcher that gives him a whole lot of hard contact. So taking any of these guys as one-offs or two-offs is not a terrible idea if you need a little bit of salary saving. But Aguilar is probably my favorite of the bunch, followed by Dickerson. Yeah, like, you know, outside of just looking at this year, like Vincent Velasquez has been a guy that's always struggled with left-handed power bats. Um, so Dickerson, 3,800. I think he's in play here. Um, don't hate the Jesus Aguilar call. But outside of that, again, I probably don't end up stacking these guys um, outside of maybe like a hedge stack if I end up playing a lot of Vincent Velasquez. Uh, moving on, we got the Pirates and the Reds. Um, so this will be one of our first like um, doubleheader games. So it'll be seven innings. Um, we're going to try to highlight those as we go. It's Trevor Bauer and Cody Pence. Um, any interest here in Cody Pence? Ponce, sorry. Ponce, yeah. <laughs> uh, a little bit. I mean, he's 4K. He hasn't gone over 77 pitches, I don't think, so far this season. Prospect that was good for a little while and then really wasn't. But he's able to make it through lineups pretty quickly in 70 pitches in his last two outings, he's made it four and 5.2 innings. Chance he's a little bit more stretch out. Chance he'll let him go a little bit longer at this point in the season. While his numbers in the minors were all over the place, he was really good for the Brewers a few years ago. Granted, it was as a reliever. Don't have a huge sample size of him last year, only having eight starts or seven starts. So he's got he's shown a little bit so far this season, even though his XFIP is drastically higher than his ERA. It's in Grand American small park. He's obviously a little bit of a fly ball pitcher, but still 4k is just a silly price tag. I'm willing to stomach it here. He had almost a K per nine in the minors over the last two seasons. So he could potentially have something similar to that here. And there's a decent amount of strikeouts in this lineup. So it's strictly a price play. Ponce is a very, very good point per dollar play on this slate. He could get blown up, but if you need money for bats and you don't want to go with Velasquez, then Ponce is probably the guy you're going to go with. I could see him doing well. I could see him getting blown up. Like I think the range of outcomes is very wide um, with Cody Ponce here. So um, 
you know, you look at his last start, he threw 71 pitches, and this was 10 days ago against the same team in Cincinnati, gave up two home runs, struck out four, put up 8.6. Um, you know, the, like I said, I think the range of outcomes are really high. Um, on the other side, we got Trevor Bauer, probably the best pitcher on the slate, um, you know, facing Pittsburgh. I, I do worry about this game being in Cincinnati, but I don't think it were, I don't worry about it enough not to play um, him against one of the worst teams in baseball. Yeah, complete game shut up coming here for Bauer. We know how late he's willing to pitch into the game. We know how much of a head case he is sometimes and just wants to pitch. So I'm not going to be surprised at all if he ends up pitching a complete game here. You get that nice little extra in there. You get a nice little extra if he ends up shutting him out. Like Pittsburgh bats versus righties so far this year in the projected lineup, absolute trash. Like 278 Woba, 24.7% K rate. They have not been good pretty much this entire season, and Bauer has been outstanding. He's crushed both lefties and righties all season long. Obviously, a little bit versus, worse versus lefties, which there are four of them in the lineup, but still only giving up 270 or 267 Woba. This is a perfect matchup for him in a perfect spot in a perfect situation, only going seven innings. Bauer is my favorite play on the entire slate. It's why I'm considering using Ponce in so many of my lineups and why I want to use Velasquez in so many of my lineups because I want to pay up for him in every single lineup. Yeah, the Pirates rank last in Woba, last in WRC+, last in ISO um, against Ryan pitching this season. So uh, they have the third fewest home runs, and they rank um, last in hard hit rate or second to last behind Baltimore in hard hit rate. So I think that, like you said, the upside, like the ceiling here is a complete game shutout. Like it's seven innings. So, like, you know, he, he – there's a good chance that he goes seven innings against this team and gets the complete game. And like, he has the ability to shut these guys out. He pitched six innings against them last week or week or 10 days ago. So like the upside is there. Um, he's going to go over hundred pitches and he gives you a massive floor. And I think the matchup for Kershaw is kind of tough. So like if I'm paying over nine um, K for anybody today, it's Bauer. It's not even close. Um, do you have any interest in the Pirates' bats? No, none whatsoever. Yeah, I'm with you on that. Um, Cincinnati, like, I could see the Reds hitting a couple home runs here. Um, you know, it's just like you're paying up for Moustakis. You're paying up for some of these guys. Um, I don't mind it, though. Like, I want to see if, like, Winker is going to be back. And if he's not in the lineup, like, we could potentially get a really cheap, like, Shogo bat and lead off. Um, like, he's 2,200. I mean, my real problem, this is the seven inning game. Uh, yep. Yes. And he, like all these bats are in decent spots here. Shogo is way too cheap at 2.2 K. He's probably the main guy they ended up going with, but it's just a rough spot trying to do a seven inning game where we're probably only getting six innings out of all these guys. Like three at bats is a reasonable expectation for a few of these guys because of that. Like I want more upside. Yes. A whole lot of things can happen. So if I'm going to play them, I'm full-on stacking because I don't want to take it. You're essentially playing a guy with the same amount of expected at-bats as a guy that gets pinch hit for constantly. It's not going to be a high-scoring game in all likelihood because it isn't going that late into the game. I'm probably full-on fading batters from this game. I'm probably full-on fading batters from all the seven-inning games from the home team. Yeah, like – I don't know. Um, I, I think I'm with you. I think I stack or fade. Um, it'd be interesting to see, like, if Barnhart's catching against, um, you know, this matchup. Like, he's 2,400. Like, some of these cheap guys under uh, 4K, 
um, under 3K. Like, I have interest in these guys a little bit. So, um, that's kind of it. Let's move on. We got the Athletics and Mariners. Um, this is another one of those seven-inning, first-half, double-header types of games. It's Lazardo and Marco Gonzalez. Um, let's talk about Jesus Lazardo first. Um, any interest in him here? Yeah, yeah, I have a bit of interest in him. Uh, he's been good so far this season. Obviously, the Mariners have been – not a very good lineup, and they're not a very good lineup right now. They have had decent games at times, but Lorado has a 24% K rate on the season, 4X, but decent numbers, got up to 100 pitches in his last outing. So, again, you have that possibility of a complete game, and you have the possibility of a complete game shutout. Remember, if the Mariners, for some reason, score one or two runs, and the A's haven't scored any or have scored one run and are down, he gets a complete game if he only goes six innings. So the complete game upside is definitely there, even if the win wouldn't be there. The complete game shutout upside is there. He's 8.3. I don't mind that price tag. It's a high upside spot. So, yeah, I, I, I think I prefer paying down for guys. I haven't done any lineup construction yet. Again, Velasquez, Ponce, Bauer is going to be my core as of the moment, but things can change. But at 8.3 with all those possibilities for complete game and complete game shutout, I really like him in this spot. I just don't know if I'm going to have enough money to pay up for him. Like in cash games, I'm probably doing everything I can to play Lazardo and Bauer. Um, you know, we're going to talk about some cheap bats that are well, – DJ Stewart's 2.4K um, facing Tuki Toussaint. Like, you know, there's cheap bats that are going to allow you to make this combo work. Um, but, like, if you want a top-end stack, like if you want to stack the Braves um, – or one of these other like top end teams, like it's going to be a lot tougher than it looks um, to make this work. So um, in cash games, I like this combo a lot. Um, I like it in tournaments too. Uh, I think Seattle, Seattle ranks last in Woba and WRC plus against left-handed pitching this season. Um, the Mariners finally passed them. So, um, the other side of this game, we have Marco Gonzalez. Um, Marco Gonzalez is a guy that man he's tough to figure out because he's a guy that goes out and like generates a lot of ground balls this team is very hit or miss against sinkers and like that's what he throws a ton of um chapman being out of this lineup like he's cheap do you have any interest in him he's he's on my list but again i prefer velasquez and ponce uh it's real simple he's a decent real life pitcher he's a decent fantasy pitcher he can get it done Seattle has a bad bullpen, so will probably let him go later in the game. He's thrown over 100 or over 98 pitches in four straight. Been right at 102. He walks so few guys that the complete game is also on the board with him. He's been putting up some decent outings so far. And, yeah, this Oakland lineup is watered down a little bit. He's in the mix. Like, if I have an extra 700 bucks when I have Velasquez in my lineup, I'll throw him in. But, again, prefer Velasquez. It's just there – there's a few decent options here and his ability to not walk guys to pitch to contact, but also has a decent K rate gives you a little bit more upside for this. The problem is there are still some decent bats versus lefties in this lineup. Yeah. Let's talk about those decent bats. Um, Marcus Simeon fly ball hitter, uh, Mark Hanna fly ball hitter. Um, if Loreno is batting up towards the top, he's another guy that hits a lot of fly balls against lefties. Like, these are the types of guys that, like, I want to target um, against a guy like Marco Gonzalez. Yeah, yeah. I mean, the problem is they're all priced up. Like, Simeon would be the main guy. He's batting leadoff on the away team. So, 
the chance for that fourth at bat is pretty darn good, and possibly even a fifth at bat. He's probably my main guy I would go with. I'd have to wait and see where the order is going to be at. Obviously, Piscotti is a guy that I wouldn't mind using at 3.5K, offers a little bit of price saving here. But I'm not using Matt Olson at 5.3K in a seven-inning game. Just not worth it to me. Not using Lestella at all. Don't care. No reason to use him. Canha at 4.5K is not going to be worth it for me. I know he's been good versus lefties in a small sample size. But it's just not a spot where I want to go with him. So to me, it's just Piscotti. It's Simeon or it's a full-on stack, um, which full-on stacks versus Marco Gonzalez is not something I really want to do. So I'm mostly fading the Oakland bats. Again, it goes back to that like seven inning thing. Like you look at the Seattle side of things. I have zero interest in any of these guys. Like I've been, I've been playing Dylan Moore a lot um, here recently, and like he's been absolutely crushing. But you know, even a leadoff hitter on the home team, like I'm super concerned about him. So he would probably be the only guy that I'd have interest in here um, at, at 4100. Yeah, yeah, that's pretty much it. His price tag makes me willing to stomach it a little bit. He's been so hot recently. He's been so good versus lefties all season long. So just because of that, I am willing to possibly play him. But, again, likely a stay-away spot because of the 7-8 game, especially being the home team. The big advantage here is they're probably going to lose this game. Yep. Um, Moving on, we got the Cardinals and the Brewers. Um, Kim against Lindblom. Like, this is another one of those. And the final 7-inning game that we have on this uh, DraftKings main slate here. Um, Let's start with Kim. Do you have any interest in him here? I mean, he's been decent so far. He hasn't really gone up to too many pitches. Look in his last few outings. He's gotten 85, 80, 83. So I don't know how late he's going to go into the game. His actual numbers, um, his advanced numbers, are not nearly as good as his actual ERA. Obviously, sitting at a .83 with a 4.9 xFIP. So... I don't know exactly what to expect. He was decent over in the KBO. I don't know if this is the right spot. There have been a decent, a few decent hitters in this lineup with Garcia back and Jerko in there. Like Milwaukee hasn't been terrible versus lefties, and obviously Yelich can do a whole lot. Kim hasn't shown a huge amount of strikeout upside so far, which coming over from the KBO, you never know if it's going to fully translate there. So. I, I, I just don't think I can stomach playing him with Marco there, with Velasquez, with Lorado or Larazzo in the same price range. So I'm probably just crossing him off my list completely. Yeah, like for me, I, I, I'm i going to pass. Like I pick on the Brewers a ton, but I don't typically pick on them with lefties. Like they can go – they they usually put Yelich in the lineup, so they usually go like eight righties and – Kim's been decent against righties in a small sample size, but he has a 10% K rate. Like I'm looking at, you know, three, four, five guys with ISOs over, over 200 against lefties since the start of last season. So, um, and then on the other side of this game, we have Josh Lindblom. He's shown some decent strikeout side upside um, against righties, but like, this is a guy that like, he does not have an out pitch against lefties and it is, it's burning him bad. And we don't even know like how deep he's going to go. Yeah, and no, I was just going to say that. He's pitched two innings of relief over the past five days. Like, he hasn't had a start since the first. So, two weeks off. We don't know how stretched out he's going to be. Prior to his 100-pitch 
outing. He had 75 and 68 in those two outings. So I wouldn't be expecting him to go too far into the game. He struggles a little bit with control. There are a decent amount of guys that can walk at a very high clip. I think this is a spot where he's going to get into trouble. I probably will have zero shares of him on the slate. Yeah, I'm going to pass. Um, this is like one of those last seven-inning games. Do you have any interest here in the Cardinals' bats? Uh, no, I don't think I have. Like, I would prefer the Milwaukee bats. Um, but, again, them being the home team, them likely to win here. I, 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 I'm full-on cross-off on this game. I don't mind any of the lefties. Um you know, like Brad Miller's 4.9K, that's a that's a tough price to ask. Um, like, we're going to get into – like, I love the Atlanta-Baltimore game. I love the Minnesota game. Like, we're going to get into some teams that, like, are playing nine innings that are in the same price range. So, I think if you want to play St. Louis, play the lefties. Um, like, that's who has been beating up Lindblom really bad this season. Uh, the Brewers, man, they're interesting. It's just like – you know, you're paying 4300 for Jed Jerko. Like, he's probably my favorite of the group. And, like, the only guy that, like, Garcia's 3.3K, like, he's cheap. But, like you said, like, there's a good chance they win this game, Grant. Like, if they have a lead, that bullpen's, you know, really good. Like, you know, you're potentially only looking at, like, three at-bats for some of these guys. Yeah, exactly. Garcia's the only one that I would even consider just because he's batting leadoff. He's 3.3K. But you can't stomach a guy that's 5.6K in Yelich that's going to get possibly six innings of work, especially if he's doing work. Like, the stack is probably out for me, even though Kim could possibly get blown up. I'm, I'm just I, – like, I, there's a decent chance I end up fully just Xing out this game when I build my lineups. Yeah, I – this game is interesting. I will say, like, from a tournament aspect, this game is super interesting. Um, this game could be eight to seven in, in, in seven innings. So, like, there's there's upside in this game. I just – I don't know. It's hard for me to get off Atlanta and um, Minnesota and Baltimore. Um, and, and, like, we're about to talk about those games. So, like, that that's just kind of where I'm at. So. It was. It sure was nice seeing the teams back out on the gridiron over the weekend. Lucky for us, that was oh, just week one. There's no better place to get in on all of the action than with DraftKings, the leader in one-day fantasy sports. To add to this week's excitement, DraftKings has millions of dollars in total prizes up for grabs. If you haven't tried DraftKings yet, head to the App Store now because you don't want to miss this. Draft your lineup now and feel the sweat like never before. Every run, pass, and catch means more with DraftKings. It's simple. Just pick your lineup, stay under the salary cap, and see how your team stacks up against the competition. Nothing adds to the excitement of watching the game quite like having a shot at a million dollars in prizes. DraftKings has paid out billions of dollars to winners since 2012, so they know a thing or two about cold, hard cash. Download the DraftKings app now and use code GRIND for a limited time. New users can get a free shot at millions of dollars in prizes this week. Don't miss out. On week two action, enter code GRIND to get a free shot at millions of dollars in prizes with your first deposit. That's code GRIND, only at DraftKings. Make it rain. Minimum $5 deposit required. Eligibility restrictions apply. See DraftKings.com for details. Uh, we move on. So these last three games are on the um, Vandal main slate. We, we start here with Atlanta and Baltimore. We got Tuki Tassan against Jorge Lopez. Um, do you have any interest here in Tuki Tassan? 
it's interesting because obviously this is a guy with a whole bunch of talent, like has a high K rate, but can get super wild. He's going up against a team that has essentially three bats that can know how to work a count, and that's really it. Uh, he's been training an alternate site. I could see him putting up a decent outing here. He's in my mix. I'll just put it that way. But I drastically prefer Velasquez and Ponce around that same price range. If I if the salaries don't work out, I'll throw them in. But this has a drastic range of outcomes. He could end up coming in here and striking out seven or eight. He could come in here and give up seven or eight runs. Like, this is a pitcher that is drastically inconsistent. I know he's been in an alternate side for three weeks. Maybe he works some stuff out. Maybe he's the, just the same guy they was before. So it's a tough spot here to figure it out. Strictly a GPP guy, strictly for the price savings, but he's not near the top of my list. No, like I think he's super talented. He's just not ready. Um, it's as simple as that for me. Like he, he's given up a lot of hard contact to both sides of the plate. Um, his hit distance against righties is really high. His ISO against lefties is really high. Um, I'm probably going to pass on him here. Um, but like on the other side, we have Jorge Lopez, 17% K rate, 17.9% K rate on the season, 4.86 XFIP, swing and strike rate under 9%, hard hit rate over 40%. He's another guy that I'm going to pass on here. Yeah, no interest in him at all. He's going to get destroyed. Yeah, I think the Braves are the top stack on the slate. It's just really hard to make it work because um, there's no cheap bats with them whatsoever. Um, so – you know, I, I think a lot of people want to play the Braves. It's just it's going to be tougher to make it work because of the pricing. Yeah, there's a perfect game stack spot. Go with the Braves expensive bats along with the Baltimore cheap bats. But Acuna, great spot. Freeman, great spot. Ozuna, great spot. Arno, great spot. Swanson, Rut, Riley, Duvall, all in a great spot here. Lopez is not very good. He is a decent ground ball pitcher, but we look at the fly ball rates of some of these guys, especially Duvall versus righty so far this season. They're pretty good. It's in Baltimore, so great ballpark here. The weather is only supposed to be 71, but still doesn't matter too much to me. It's not a huge slate. The temperatures around the U.S. are a little bit cold right now anyways. So I, I love the Atlanta bats. You're right. It's tough to pay up for, but we do have punts on the slate, so we can – saves a decent amount of money with him. I'm still going to use a lot of Atlanta stacks. If I'm targeting any guys in particular, it's most likely Acuna, Freeman, and Duval, the fly ball guys. But remember that Baltimore bullpen's bad too. So it's really anyone on the board here can, is a good play. I don't mind any batter in this entire lineup. Yeah, I like Ozzy Albi too. Um, like it looks like his wrist is healthy. He's been hitting the ball really well um, since returning from the IL. So you know, he's played, what, five games since he's been back, and he's had a hit in four of those games. And, like, he just – he looks more comfortable at the plate now. So, I love Ozzy Albies here at 4,400. Um, but, yeah, Freeman, Duvall, these guys very much in play. Um, Acuna, obviously Acuna. Don't forget about him. And then on the Baltimore side of things, like I already kind of said, DJ Stewart is, like, the defaulto chalk cheap bat today. Yeah, him and Montcastle sing at 3.5K. He's absolutely crushed since he's gotten in the league. Toussaint, I already mentioned, he's a guy with a lot of talent, but can get beat up real quickly. 48% hard hit rate and uh, 39% hard hit rate versus lefties. He, he, he could get destroyed here. Again, he's a guy that struggles with walk. Guys could be on base, but Montcastle and Stewart are both far too cheap. Mullen's sitting up there at the top of the line. If you need some price savings, he's only 2.6K. Don't mind throwing anyone else in here to round out the stack. 
Um, just whoever ends up cracking the lineup here is all in play because, again, he can get wild. Some of the bad bullpen arms can come in. This game can get out of hand with Toussaint because he can give up a huge amount of runs in any given outing. But Montcastle and Stewart are the two top probably bats on the entire slate in terms of point per dollar. Yeah, um, uh, those both those guys were in the lineup that I was kind of plugging along here. Um, I like Nunez, too. I think he's very much in play. Like, if you're not playing Freddie Freeman on the other side. Um, moving on, we got um, Minnesota at Chicago. Sorry, these, these doubleheader games are on the lineup page, and yeah. they threw me off for a second. Um, we got Jose Barrios against Dylan Seas. Um, any interest here in Jose Barrios? I would if it weren't for Bauer. Uh, because Bauer's on the slate, Barrios is just a cross-off unless I'm going to double-barrel good – double-barrel aces, which I don't know if I'll have the salary for. Uh, he's had a decent outing against the White Sox just two games ago. He's got decent K stuff, but – and this White Sox lineup has a whole bunch of strikeouts in it. But they can also destroy him. He's still giving up a 41% hard hit rate on the season. 48% versus righties, which these are predominantly righties in this lineup here. Could absolutely get destroyed. Could give up a few bombs. There is tournament upside. There is tournament validity to playing him, but I'm just still straight up going to go with Bauer over him every single time. Yeah. Um, yeah, that's my that's my problem. Like, it's Bauer for me, and, like, it's not really that close. Um, like, but like, if you want to play like the ownership game, then like you take a shot on Barrios over Bauer, just and hope that like you get that thirty point Barrios game, and Bauer doesn't throw a complete game shutout. <laughs> like, um, you know, I think I think Barrios is in play in tournaments, but in cash games again, I'm just I'm trying to get Bauer in there. Um, the other side, Dylan sees. I've used him a couple times this season, but I'm definitely not using him in this spot. Yeah, no chance going up against Minnesota. His numbers don't reflect his salary. He has had a few decent outings, but not worth the 8.4K price tag. I'm going elsewhere. How many bats um, can I get in? <laughs> like, <laughs> yeah. how, can I, how can I fit in all the Minnesota guys with all the other guys that I like on this slate is, like, how I'm looking at this one. Yeah, pretty much. Like, this is the third best stack on the entire slate. Uh, Kepler, I want in my lineup Donaldson, Polanco, Cruz – it's a little tough to pay up for those prices, but absolutely worth it. I have no problem playing any of the um, Minnesota bats with some pop. Cease giving up a 40% hard contact rate to both sides of the plate. So lefties and righties are in play. Doesn't have a huge strikeout rate. Can get a little wild and walk, guys. Like, this is just a perfect spot for them. If I'm going to play, if I'm going to rank them, it's probably Kepler, then Cruz then probably Sano because of Cease's uh, low strikeout rate and then Donaldson. But I'm not going to argue anyone one through seven in this lineup here. And even if you want to throw in Jeffers or a studio or whoever ends up in the lineup for some price savings, I don't mind rounding out a stack that way. Yeah, like this is the ultimate like Jake Cave spot. We know the type of power that Jake Cave has when he makes contact with the ball. Um, and Dylan Cease doesn't strike lefties out. So definitely like him. Love Kepler. Um, like Sanu, but like Josh Donaldson, 4.1K. Um, like that's a super juicy price tag for him too. Uh, do you have any interest here in the White Sox bats? A little bit. I mean, Barrios is a good pitcher. I don't mind using a few of these guys as one-offs. Like I said, there's a lot of 7-8 games where I have no interest in the bats. And there's a lot of – or some 9-8 games that we'll get to in a second, or at least one of them. 
that don't really have a ton of interest in the bats. One of them's being played in Marlins early on. So it really only leaves you predominantly bats from two games, which I'm going to almost entirely stick to outside of a few one-offs and a few salary savers just to get the guys I want into my lineup here. But I don't mind any of these guys. Like I said, Barrios giving up a lot of hard contact to righty so far this season. So Abreu or Tim Anderson isn't the worst idea in the world. They can both hit the ball out of the ballpark. Jimenez, Encarnacion, both in play. I don't want to use the lefties, but I'm fine with Moncada or Grandal. There's no one that stands off the page to me, though. Like, this is just you're hoping for a one-off bomb in, from any of these guys. I don't think I'm stacking them up too much unless they're going to come in at really low ownership because, again, ownership's going to congregate on this game and the game before that we just talked about. So paying up for some high prices for some of these bats is a decent way to get leverage off of Minnesota and off of Atlanta. Yeah. Like I think you stack the white Sox, you fade them. They either blow up Barrios here like they did earlier this season, or he dominates them like he did earlier this season. So he's had one dominant performance against them and one like start. They got blown up. Um, it's really tough to like pinpoint one-offs here. Like I think that like if you're playing this team, you're just stacking and hoping that they outscore all the seven inning games and they beat Atlanta and Baltimore. So uh, last game that we got on this slate is the Dodgers and Padres. We got Clayton Kershaw against the Nelson Lamets. Um, we'll start with Clayton Kershaw. He's been fantastic this season. 2.4, 8, 2.84 XFIP, 28% K rate. This is a tough matchup. Tatis, Machado, Fam is back. They got Nola, Myers. Like, I think Kershaw is close to being back um, as far as like healthy wise, but it's really tough to recommend him against this lineup. Yeah, no, it's tough against this lineup in comparison to Bauer, who just has such a drastically better matchup with the complete game shutout upside going up against Pittsburgh. I'm not playing him. Like, I understand the leverage play, playing him at much, much lower ownership. He's one of the latest games of the night, so people might kind of stick away. And it does give you a chance to kind of move things around. Uh, you kind of know exactly what you can do. If you go with Kershaw, then you can over Bauer. Bauer is going to be done way earlier on in the day before the Atlanta or Baltimore game even starts. So you can swap off of him to someone, Kershaw to someone else, like, Lamette or down to a guy like Toussaint and change up your lineup pretty drastically if you don't need to ch- uh, make up a bunch of ground because Bauer's going to come in at 40% ownership, you think? I think it'd be higher. Yeah. So, like, if Bauer, for some strange reason, ends up going getting completely blown up, you now have a huge edge over other people. If Bauer doesn't end up getting blown up, you can drop down to a two cheap pitcher lineup with Toussaint and either Ponce or Velasquez. And you can swap your Baltimore bats over to Minnesota bats and do a Minnesota Atlanta double stack. So I think it makes sense to essentially just throw Ponce in your lineup or Velasquez in your lineup and leave all the bats and your SP2 as Kershaw for the later games and then kind of do some rearranging after two hours into the Reds game, when you kind of know if Bauer is going, if Bauer is getting destroyed, if he's doing really well, you're just hoping that the Braves Minnesota double stack ends up crushing, and you're going hoping Tucson puts up a decent outing. If Bauer gets blown up, then you essentially have a direct pivot off of Bauer. So every single lineup that's like yours with Kershaw on it, 
has the potential to have a 20-point edge against the other guys. So that's just the game theory play. That's the only reason I would play Kershaw is if I'm planning on doing some edits later on to kind of change my lineup entirely afterwards. Fair enough. Um, soft bats. Or no, did Nelson Lamette any interest? Not really. I mean, again, I'm tr- going to try and go up to Bauer. You can do the same thing that I was talking about with Kershaw, with Lamette, but it's a very, very tough lineup. The Dodgers are a very good team. So Lamette is probably off my radar unless I'm doing a huge game theory play and rearranging my lineups based on it. Um, let's talk bats here. Any interest in the Dodgers? Against Lamette, I mean, he's a decent pitcher, but he does give up a large amount of fly balls on both the left and the right side of the plate. Obviously a huge strikeout guy, so I don't mind using guys with low strikeouts like Betts, like Seager, like Bellinger to get off of the higher-owned Braves and the Twins. The numbers say play Braves or Twins, but ownership kind of dictates, especially with a game this late. With a slate starting at 4 p.m. and this game not being until 9 I don't expect a ton of ownership in the Dodgers, so I don't mind him as a little bit of a contrarian stack just because Lamette can end up getting into trouble and can get blown up at any given start. Yeah. Um, I'm probably – like, Seager profiles amazing against him. Uh, I think Seager is, like, a, a top-end option if, a, if you want to pay up at shortstop on the slate. So, um, And, like, he'll probably end up being a little bit more contrarian because – you know, we have Simeon that we talked about and, like, Swanson here. So, like, maybe Seager in a tougher matchup is contrarian. So, I like him. Um, any interest in the Padres here? Against Kershaw, not really. I mean, Tatis, Machado, both of them are fine. We saw Kershaw get blown up and was his last outing or the outing before? I can't even remember now. Um, it was his last outing versus Arizona. So, it's definitely within the realm of possibilities. But not generally a guy that gets blown up. Hasn't given up a home run in the last three games, Grant. They've been subpar uh, opponents, and the Dodgers have a decent bullpen. So I, I'm probably just going to end up full-on fading Padres outside of Machado or Tatis one-off, like if I have the money. You talked about the other options at shortstop. Like I said, Simeon's in that 7 in game. And so we're forced between essentially Polanco, Swanson, or pay down for a guy. So if you're paying up, I think that Tatis is going to come in at much lower ownership than Seager, than Polanco, than Swanson. So he'd be the guy that I would really end up targeting. Fair enough. Um, I probably – I don't think I'm playing the Padres here. Like, I I just respect Kershaw a lot. And, like, it's not – it's not like these bats have any kind of discount about, like, facing Clayton Kershaw. Like, none of these guys are cheap. Like – Fam's supposed to be activated 3.7K. Uh, I still don't think he's cheap enough. Not against Kershaw. Yeah. Um, all right, let's play the morning grind game, and then we're going to get out of here. Um, give me a guy under 8K to get uh, six or more strikeouts. Velasquez. All right. Um, I don't think any of these other guys get there. Ah, man. Um, I would say, like, the best chance to probably get there is, like, Tuki Toussaint. So, give me him. If he doesn't get blown up, he has strikeout upside. He could give he get the six strikeouts and give up five earned runs. Yep. Um, over 8K to score under 15. Who's your bust today? Eh, it's got to be Cease. 
Going first today is a huge advantage. I just hope yeah, you know that. Yeah, massive. Um, I thought about going Lamette, but I, yeah, I didn't like, want to be I, too I, nice to you. I think Lamette is the option that you're not playing up there. So uh, give me a guy over 4K to hit a home run. Um, I'm going to go with – this is tough because there's a lot of good ones. Um, I'm going to go with Nelly. Um, I'm going to go with Free Money Freddy. Give me a guy under 4K to get two hits. Do you want Moncastle or Stewart? Um, I'm not going to take either one of them. Ooh, I'll go with Moncastle then. All right. I'm going to go Jake Cave. I like it. Uh, stack to score six or more runs. Do you want the Braves or the Twins? Well, we'll just say Atlanta and Minnesota are our two favorite stacks because it's not <laughs> even close. Um <laughs> Those are the two that I had written down, so there you go. Uh, Grant, any final thoughts before we get out of here? Again, if you really want to play the game theory move, it's day after a big football slate. I know there's two games tomorrow, but there's going to be a lot of money in play from a lot of guys that probably don't know what they're doing too much. They're going to play guys from the earlier games, even though they're seven innings. I think there's a big edge today, and if you really want to try and take down a big slate, again, check to like throw all late-inning bets, and then kind of rearrange things around based on how the slate's playing out in the beginning. Yes, 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 indeed. Um, I built a lineup as we were going. I only had one bat from the early sl- the early games, um, and that Shogo? was my catcher. It was my catcher. Yeah. So there you go. Um, that's going to wrap it up here for Monday. We'll be back tomorrow. Well, you'll be back with me, Grant. We'll be back tomorrow talking some more baseball. I hope everyone had an awesome weekend. I hope everyone enjoyed NFL being back. Um, Good luck in your contest, and we'll see you again tomorrow. Hey, kids.